Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you look at this verse, Here's the first thing I want you to write. I'm going to give you three keys to how we get wisdom. Here we are. Number one, be wise enough and admit we need God's wisdom. If you're here saying, well, Pastor Mark, I really don't need God's wisdom. I'm pretty good. I, I, I know how to take things apart and put them back together. Yeah, but you're wrong. As a Christian, we don't live independent of God. I need God's wisdom. His view of life is very different than my view of life. All I can see is today, a little glimpse of tomorrow. He knows beginning from end in my life. Same for you. Well, we're finally moving away from talking about Jesus as our example in terms of the physical to the last aspect we're studying in Luke 2. He grew in wisdom. This is an area that we all realize we need more of at one time or another. God tells us that he's the source of wisdom, that he's plenty available to us. Pastor Mark will be teaching us about what wisdom is, living life according to God's point of view, with God's values and in God's timing. Pastor Mark will also be showing from the scriptures the importance and the benefits of thinking and living our lives in the ways that Jesus showed us to live. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke with his continuing study, Balanced Growth. God says his training is some value, some value. Now, what does that mean? Satan always likes extremes. In every area of life, Holy Spirit, he takes extremes. For you and I, how about this in the area of the physical? Here's people over here that carry very little for their body. Food, diet, exercise. Pastor Mark, don't talk to me about that. It's not interested. I could care less anything about that. I don't care anything about that. Here's the other extreme over here. Vanity. I want to look really good. My face, two hours, getting the makeup on, getting those lashes on, baby. Getting, whoa, my fingernails out there. It's the opposite. It's gone crazy over here versus the person over here that goes, I don't care what I look like. I'm just having a great time in life. Now, you know what I'm talking about. We're not hopefully either one of those things, but... Why should I care about my physical? Well, the Bible gives us two reasons. I'm going to give them both to you, so write them down. First one, here it is. Healthy habits, food, exercise, and rest often increase our lifespan. Now, as we get older, obviously, it's more difficult. All of us will have issues because the body just wears out. It's like a tent. It just wears out. But if we are healthy, we're able to do things that maybe we could never do. It just increases our lifespan. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, you're God's masterpiece. You're created anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So the more fit we are, 
the more energy we have to accomplish the good things God has planned for us to do. So here's the second reason. Not only do we get to live longer, but here's the second reason you want to be healthy physically. Here it is. Taking care of our physical body helps us to reach God's potential for us. See, you're not here for you. You're here to accomplish God's will. Now, if, if we're not physically fit, and by the way, there isn't anybody here that's perfectly physically fit. I'm far from it. But if we're not physically fit, we don't have the energy. We don't have the mind. We don't have the stamina to do what God's called us to do. Now, how in the world can I stand here two days after flying about 35 hours, ministering to two seminaries over the last few weeks, speaking all day long in many of those seminaries? How in the world can I get here this morning? Because I try to keep myself somewhat physically fit. So I can go at it for God this morning. I want to accomplish what he has for me in my life. And you want to do the same. Now, I learned something. Some of you say, well, Pastor Mike, you know, you don't have any problems. You're perfect. Everything looks good to you. You've been raised like that or whatever. Wait a minute. Back in 1997, I went in for a stress test, just a normal stress test. I'm a medical person. And I never left the doctor's office and went right to the hospital, had a stress test. The next morning, I had four-way bypass in 1997. And when I came out of that, Two days before Christmas, I was speaking in the church again five and a half weeks later, right here in the other campus. Now, how that happened? I don't know how it happened. I'd been physically like this my whole life. No background, no history. But you know what it gave me? It gave me a passion for the lost like I never had because I was that close to dying. I strive to stay as much as possible. I'm not perfect by any means physically fit so I can accomplish what God has for me. You want to accomplish. That's why you're here, what God has for you. So we have to be careful. There's nobody going to be perfect. There's no condemnation. You just have to understand that. By the way, the longer and healthier we are, the more time we can be a good example to our children and our grandchildren. I'd like to live long enough. I don't know whether it'll happen to see great-grandchildren. People are what's important in life. Amen? Amen. Take a look at yourself and begin to think about this. This is God speaking to all of us. Let's read the rest of verse 8. Here we go. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what is Paul saying? Here it is. Physical has some value. Write this down this morning. Being spiritually fit must be a priority for a Christian. You see, being spiritually fit is the only guarantee to a profitable life here on earth and a good profitable end for all eternity. I can't ignore the physical, but that is not the primary thing in my life. I remember when I was Director of Pharmacy at Wusthof about 20, 25 years ago. I remember a young man came to the Lord, and I would talk with him and relate to him. And over a year or so, I saw him get into exercise, and I began to warn him. And it came a place where he became a runner, and he would run hours a day. You know what happened to that young man? He absolutely dropped off the radar with God. 
He wasn't interested in God anymore. He was a runner. What became his God? Exercise. I couldn't talk him out of it. He got deceived by the enemy. I don't know whether he ever came back to the Lord or not. But he went way overboard. Now, I can't ignore that, but the spiritual has to be first in my life. I can have all the energy I want, but if God isn't ministering to me, what good am I to talk to you guys? Useless. So we have to grow in the spirit and, of course, obviously, in the physical. So let's just talk for a moment. I want you to challenge your heart. Remember we talked about if we're going to grow, grow, well, growth is responsible for change. Change makes me healthy, but I get uncomfortable with change. So I can't change anything you do, but you can change the way you eat. You can change the way you exercise, rest, any of those things in small things. You can't go out tomorrow and change it overnight, but you can begin to think, God, I want to accomplish what you have for me. So help me. Help me. So here's a little Sela moment. At all of our campuses, no condemnation. I want you to just look and ask yourself, yourself. You can't turn to your wife and go, you're dead. You'll need more help than I can give you today. All right, so here we go. Ask yourself where you are right now. Is your diet fairly balanced? No legalism. Just ask yourself. And is your weight somewhere in the range of where it should be? Are you taking a look at that on a routine basis? If not, then you're going to end up in our country, the way our world is, way overweight. Now, if we're way overweight, what happens to us? Well, it affects what's going to happen to it. You know, the next generation of kids, we're very concerned because the next generation of our children right now are headed to diabetes for life because they don't understand. And we're feeding them that way. So just understand, more hip replacements, more knee replacements, all of those kind of things because we're overweight. Number two, regular exercise. Muscle and cardiac. Are you exercising your heart and your body on a regular basis? I have a Schwinn Airdyne. That gets my heart moving. By the way, walking's good. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have a gold's gym. He walked. He walked everywhere. So walking's good. But today, because of our hearts and the kind of stuff we put in our bodies, it's good to have that heart pumping. Boom, 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 some. You have to get it up a little bit. So how are you doing in that exercise? Six days a week is my routine. Do I like it? No. So Pastor Mark, you're an idiot. You like, I don't like it. But why do I do it? Because this body is God's. I don't own it. I'm here for a reason. So are you. Number three, do you get rest? In our world, it's strange. If you're going to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you can't start reading emails at 930. You're going to read all those emails and you're going to get in bed and what's your mind going to do? You're never going to settle down. Don't do the bills at 930. Because you're going to get into bed. Lousy FPL. We've got a balanced budget. How you doing with sleep? We're, we're stupid. Do you got it? I mean, this is common sense. But sometimes we don't use common sense. If you watch a horror movie before you go to bed, God bless you. Take your Benadryl. Otherwise, you're not going to get no sleep. So let's be common sense. Could I hear an amen somewhere in this house? Okay, you say, well, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. That's what happens. Why do you think I'm teaching on it? Okay, now understand, as we go through this, here's the last deal. If our rest is good, the immune system grows healthy. Why do we have so many colds, so many cruds, so many... Because our immune system's terrible. Look at this last verse. It's so powerful from Paul. Watch what he says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, Give your bodies 
to God. Because of all he has done for you, the grace of God, you're a Christian, not because of you, because of God's grace. Let them be whoa, 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 a living, a living and holy sacrifice. If you're going to be self-disciplined, it requires some sacrifice because we don't want to do it. I want to eat everything. I don't want to exercise. But I know if I'm going to honor God with my body, there has to be some discipline there. And holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Wow. The goal of being healthy physically is so you and I can have more physical energy to finish the race that God has had you. He set before you. Here's what I want you to do. So may I challenge you this morning on all of our campuses. I can't change anything for you. You have to assess your own life and go, well, I need to tweak over here a little bit, need to do a little more of that. Good. If you have a, uh, somebody that's going to help you with that, another partner or whatever, uh, another lady maybe, another guy for a guy out there, you know, exercise, all those kind of things, or husband and wife, just work together. Because you want to be healthy. As we get older, it's going to be difficult for all of us. Because the body is a tent. It's got lots of holes. It just leaks. It falls through. Whatever. But right now, right now, listen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and exercise. (laughs) No, it doesn't say that. But it says let's rejoice and be what? Glad in it. What day do you have today? Today, but tomorrow's coming. Maybe. How will you be tomorrow? That's the reason we need to grow in the physical area. Now, Luke 2.52, let me read it to you. Don't turn there, just watch this. And Jesus grew in wisdom. In wisdom. What in the world is wisdom? Here's the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is living life according to God's point of view. With God's values... And in God's timing. See, wisdom is all about God. God's all-knowing. Our lives are filled with decisions. Every single day this week, you will make decisions. And the decisions you and I make turn around and make us tomorrow. So I want to make wise decisions Because they're huge in my life. It affects every aspect of my life. As you sit here this morning, you're here because of decisions that you made. Now, because of that, Warren Wiersbe has this amazing statement. By the way, look at me. Wisdom and knowledge is very different. Very different. Listen to Warren Wiersbe. Knowledge enables us to take things apart. But wisdom enables us to put things back together. I'm glad I have a wife. I can take stuff apart. I can't ever get it together. My wife puts stuff together. So what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? The difference between wisdom and knowledge is simply this. Here's the knowledge. How do I apply that in my life? So wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is applied facts. You can have all the facts you want, but if you don't apply it in your life, You're not wise. You can learn all these things. A nap is good for you if you need it. Well, forget that. Here's knowledge. If I don't take a nap, then I haven't applied the knowledge. And the result will be maybe as you get older, more immune problems, all kinds of things like that. So understand, that's huge for us. 
Where does wisdom come from? Where does wisdom come from? Where does most knowledge come from today? Tell me, where, where does most knowledge come from today? It's called Google. Google. Siri. Siri. Google. Am I right? I mean, we, it's wonderful to get on there. And you're putting all these things and looking at them. Boom, there's 25 answers for you right there. Man, it's fantastic. Does Google have wisdom? No, it does not have wisdom. All it has is what? Knowledge. Now, how do you make the knowledge become wisdom? You apply it. Now, you can't apply it like the world applies it. You must apply it like God teaches you. So, where does wisdom come from? Look at this. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Write this down. God is the source of all wisdom. God is the source of all wisdom. If I mention to you a name, Lance Armstrong, many of you will remember. Lance Armstrong was this amazing biker, won seven Tour de France titles. All the way through in those last few years, people would say, well, you're taking drugs. No, I'm not taking drugs. No, I'm not taking drugs. No, I'm not taking drugs. Year after year. No, I'm not taking drugs. Last year, yes, I'm taking drugs. So what did that do to all the young kids that were watching him? Nice role model, right? How foolish. Lost all of his titles. I read this the other day, and I couldn't believe it. Lance Armstrong says this. If I had it to do over again, I'd dope again. Now, let me ask you a question. Wise or foolish? How can that be? How can that be? I mean, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I mean, what a stupid thing to say to a man that could have been amazing even without the drugs. Nobody wants to live like that. So how do I get this wisdom? If God is the source of wisdom, how in the world do I get it? I can't look at my computer and go, "Mm, how do I get it? Well, turn with me to the book of James. Let me show you how we get wisdom. Because you need it, and I need it. Every single day we need it in our life. Now, James chapter 1, verse 5. Remember, this is Jesus, half-brother. Watch what he says. I'm going to give you three keys here. If any of you, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. First thing of these three keys. By the way, just turn to your neighbor right now and say this. I will need wisdom this week. I will need wisdom this week. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them, I will need wisdom this week. There's no question. You will need it this week. So when you look at this verse, here's the first thing I want you to write. I'm going to give you three keys to how we get wisdom. Here we are. Number one, be wise enough and admit we need God's wisdom. If you're here saying, well, Pastor Mark, I really don't need God's wisdom. I'm pretty good. I, I, I know how to take things apart and put them back together. Yeah, but you're wrong. As a Christian, we don't live independent of God. I need God's wisdom. His view of life is very different than my view of life. All I can see is today, a little glimpse of tomorrow. He knows beginning from end in my life. Same for you. Same for you. So I need God's wisdom in every area of my life. Now, the Bible actually tells us a little bit about God and his thoughts. Listen to this. Look at his wisdom. My thoughts, God speaking, are not your thoughts. And my ways far beyond anything you could imagine. For as the heavens are higher than your soul, are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
God doesn't think like us. He knows the beginning from the end. He's got it all figured out. He has all wisdom. He's all knowing. I need that wisdom, that viewpoint. Number two, write it down. Be humble and ask, which means pray for wisdom. We all lack wisdom. God has wisdom. So the wise thing to do is simply to pray for God's wisdom. Our need for God's perspective and his wisdom should motivate us to humbly turn to God and say, look, I need help, God. I'm not sure uh, what to do in this situation. All day long, we have these kind of things that we need. By the way, you have a bracelet on. Pray first. Yes, before you try to figure it out on your own and make a mess of it and then have to go back. Pray first. Pray first. Now, look at the rest of verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives, what's the word? Generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. Not might, it will So number three, write this down. Be certain God will generously give his wisdom. Don't ever hesitate to come to God in prayer. God loves communicating with you. He's your heavenly father. He loves having you come and say, Dad, I need help in this situation. He loves it. He loves it when we're dependent on him. When you come to God, believe that he will give wisdom because he absolutely will give that wisdom. Don't doubt it. Can I just encourage you again? Don't doubt it. He will give you that wisdom. Now, here's the issue. When I pray, how does God answer my prayer? He answers our prayer in three ways. The first way he answers our prayer is yes. How many like yes? I like yes. I like yes. The second way he answers our prayer is no. How many like no? There's not a hand going up. Okay. When I was uh, at the two seminaries teaching, I talked to the kids about this. And I said, the longer you serve God, the more you'll be glad for God's no's. Because I was headed to do this, and God said no, and I went, ah! You know, like a baby. We cried. What's wrong with you? And after I stepped back a year or so later, I go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't give me the person. Thank you. I guess you are wiser than me. Hello. And the third answer is what? Wait. Nobody likes to wait. You know, we get in the line for a drive-thru. What's the idiot doing up there? Ordering 14 sandwiches? What? Well, that's God trying to tell you wrong place. Quit getting the burger. Get out of line. Get a salad somewhere. Amen. You got it? Wait's hard, but what does wait do? Gives us patience. In the Gospels, we see displays of Jesus' wisdom time and again. And it's easy to think that he did what he did only because he is God. Scripture tells us that Jesus said that we will be able to do greater things than he did because the Holy Spirit would be with us. Although difficult to grasp, we must understand that if we follow his example, God can do mighty things through us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Pastor Mark has been teaching on the fact that we need to be obedient to God in our daily living, and that to do so, we need to access God's infinite supply of wisdom. This requires us to be humble, admitting that we don't know everything, and to ask God for wisdom. We also need to be obedient to God and to trust that He will give us what we need, exactly when we need it. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.